What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Snack Break Podcast. I'm your host, John Schaefer, and on this podcast, I interview physical therapists, fitness professionals, and health and wellness experts. Busy week coming up this week. I'm leaving for CSM on Wednesday in San Diego, so hopefully you know we get some nice weather there. And got some exams coming up for residency on Tuesday, patient care Monday, the morning of Tuesday. So it's going to be a busy week, going to go by fast. Uh, I'll do a CSM recap afterwards. I've never been before, um, so I'll kind of let you know what that experience is like for me, different things that I learned, and so on. I'll try and do a good job of keeping track of the week as we go. Um, but today's topic that I want to talk about is gamifying your goals. So this has been a topic that I feel like has evolved for me recently as I've really, really started to try and track my progress a little bit better um, using numbers and systems that make things a little bit more fun um, so I can kind of get a better idea for trends in periods of my life where I feel like things are going really well. I'd like to know, you know what's happening during that time so I can recreate that and have that experience more often. And then when things are not going well or I feel like I'm in a little bit of a slump, I can kind of point to some of these systems and say, okay, this is not working, I'm not keeping up with what I said I would, um, and go from there. So we'll start off by talking a little bit about what it means to gamify your goals. So typically when we think of gamifying something, that means you're either assigning points, using some sort of reward system, finding a unique or fun way to keep track of your progress, similar how how you would, say, level up in a video game. So part of the reason that different games are addicting or we want to keep on playing is because it's fun. There's an incentive to continue to keep going to get to that next level. But oftentimes we don't have those same incentives as we move throughout our day-to-day life. So if we can find ways to gamify our life, gamify our goals, that can sometimes keep us a little bit more engaged and make us uh, more likely to make progress how we'd like to. Um, so oftentimes, like the big benefits of gamifying your goals, we t- I touched on this just a minute ago, but it makes things a lot more interesting. Um, it'll give you that additional drive to want to achieve something if you know you're getting closer and closer to um, that theoretical leveling up. So something I've done to gamify my goals just more recently is what I've done is I've created this habit tracking log in a, in a Google Sheet. Um, and what I've done is I've written out the 10 or so things that I know need to happen for me through, throughout the course of the day in order for it to be um, considered an excellent or successful day. So some of those things include like not, not hitting the snooze button, um, previewing my day before it happens, giving myself enough time in the morning to uh, make sure I can get everything ready so I'm not scrambling. And then I'll have a lot of things that need to take place towards the end of the day as well, such as get some sort of movement in that's intentional, um, and then just plan for the next day and things like that. But you can really cater this to whatever you feel like your needs are. And again, what are those 10 or so things that are super important to you that need to happen in order for you to feel like at the end of the day, things went well, you had a good day. And... After you come up with those 10 things, what I want you to do is assign a point value to each of those items, and then pick one of those items that you feel like is the most crucial. And then you can say that that one's worth maybe two or three points. So that gives a little extra incentive to make sure that you attack that one item and make sure that that happens. Um, Because if that doesn't, then that can subtract from your overall total. 
and lead to a lesser score for the end of the day. So with that being said, you've got your points assigned to each. You've got your 10 things that need to happen. Um, what I do then is I add up all the points for the day and then I'll score each day out of 12. And then I'll say a six out of 12 or less would be considered like a poor day um, because that's meeting like 50% or less than 50% or less of those things that need to happen. The next uh, would be nine out of 12 of those things happening, I would say is a good day. And then once you get to 11 out of 12 or 12 out of 12, that would be a great day. And if you track this for even a week or so, you can really see like what's going well, what isn't. And I always fill out this chart at the beginning of the day as kind of like a check-in from the previous day. So I can say, okay, like yesterday didn't feel like it was great. Like what did I do well? What didn't I do well? And then you can kind of see, oh, okay, I didn't do, I didn't do like any of those 10 things that I know I need to do um, in order to feel like it was a su successful day. Okay, that's why. I, why I'm feeling the way I feel. So it kind of makes a little bit more of a connection too between um, your habits and things that are not going well, as well as um, when you do have a really good day, then you can say, okay, that's because I did this, this, and this. So I think it just helps, um, it helps create a connection between like what you're doing day to day and how you're feeling, and then you can better understand why. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend giving it a try. It's not something you have to do. It's not something you have to do for months on end. I would say just try it for a week, and so you can get a better idea of like what patterns are present in your life right now. Um, but it can also be helpful if you feel like you need to make um, any sort of adjustments moving forward. And then it's just like moving forward, you can get as deep into the data as you want. Um, it can get. It can get. It can get pretty complex, especially if you start to add in like entering data from, uh, for instance, like wearable health technology or a health tracking device. I know for me, looking around everywhere, I feel like everyone's got an Apple Watch. I had one originally, I want to say two or three years ago, I got one. I wore it for maybe a month, month and a half, and then I just stopped wearing it. I feel like I never really took full advantage of it. Um, and then yeah, stopped wearing it all together. And then I recently got a new Apple watch, uh, for Christmas and I have really, really made an effort to try and utilize it in every way that I can this time around. So I watched several YouTube videos about like how to get the most out of your Apple watch, um, tips and trips for your Apple watch. And I really wanted again, just to make sure that I'm utilizing all the different features that are present. So for me, what that looks like, and I have the Apple Watch SE, by the way, so it's one of the lower, I guess, lower tier models. Um, it doesn't have all the features, but it does offer a tremendous amount of data. So I'll talk a little bit about like what I'm using the most out of my Apple Watch. Do I think it's worth getting one? And so on and so forth. So I think one of the biggest benefits for me has been the feature where you can monitor your sleep. So you can set a time on your Apple Watch that tells you like, okay, it's time for bed. And then you can set your waking time as well. So if you're wearing your Apple Watch and this syncs with your phone as well, so you'll get a notification for me, it's at 945, uh, where the screen goes a little bit darker, the, the silencer for your notifications go on. And it's like, okay, all right, it's time to go to bed. And then I know um, I always know when it's coming or I'll look at my watch and be like, all right, it is time. And then when you wake up in the morning, 
after your after that time you sent in the morning, um, once you wake up, you'll get like your report from the previous night with how much sleep you got, and it goes everything from like core sleep, deep sleep, REM sleep, time awake, which I thought was interesting because it tells you like if you're waking up at night at all, if you're rolling around. So it gives you a lot of insight into the actual quality of your sleep too. And I know for me, sleep is one of those things where it's usually what I end up sacrificing. So I'm always going to make sure I get my stuff done for work. Um, I'm always going to try and make time for exercise. I'll always try and make time to socialize and then work on any other projects that I have going on. Um, and that usually in the past would always come at the expense of sleep. Cause I was just like, Oh, I'll just like keep working and then I'll sleep however much I sleep. But what I realized after I started tracking my sleep is I had a couple nights where I was getting like four hours, 45 minutes of sleep, like five hours, um, a couple hours, a couple uh, nights where it was like six hours. And I had always known there were days where I wasn't getting a whole lot of sleep. When you actually see that number and it's so low, I mean, it's pretty alarming. It's kind of a slap in the face and it's like, well, no wonder you don't feel great. You only slept, you know, a couple hours last night. So, and then it also, well, the watch will also tell you like trends for your sleep, which I think is really interesting. Um, and I'll kind of share. So since I started tracking my sleep, uh, initially, like the first couple of weeks, my average was six hours and five minutes. And then just this past stretch of, I think it's, I think it updates like every 14 days, this past stretch, I'm up to seven hours. So I'm really proud of that, um, that development because I feel like I'm starting to understand my body a little bit more too, knowing how much sleep I really do need. Um, and then kind of paying attention to when I feel good, when I feel, when I don't feel as well. Um, and I know that, you know, seven hours is kind of that threshold for me to be successful, um, the following day. And then also this provides, I feel like a lot of insight into how hard I can go with my training, because if I have one of those days where I see, okay, God, I only slept like five hours, 30 minutes. Um, then it's just like a check in with myself. Like I know I probably shouldn't be training as hard, uh, the following day. And something else that I found interesting that you that you can look at is heart rate variability. Um, so heart rate variability is it's a measure of the variation between uh, the intervals between heartbeats. So this is interesting because it can give you a little bit of insight into like what kind of stress levels you're currently under, as well as potentially this could be a little bit of stretch, but like how hard you should be training the next day. Um, so. In theory, then, a higher heart rate variability would show you that um, there's more relaxation response, telling your heart to slow down, um, making more room for changes between beats. And then uh, if you have a lower heart rate variability, that would be more like your brain's uh, fight or flight response, telling your heart to speed up, reducing the space for change. So based on if you have a high heart rate variability or low heart rate variability, um, that can give you a little bit of insight into how stressed you are, as well as potential training loads. And that kind of segues nicely into how I've been using my Apple Watch the most outside of 
uh, outside of sleep monitoring, and that's been for training. So the Apple Watch actually has a lot of really, really good features in terms of activity tracking, heart rate tracking, which has completely, excuse me, completely changed the way that I train and the way that I think about training, especially with cycling, especially as I've started to get a little bit more into running this week. I'll talk more about that, but that's kind of been a surprise out of nowhere. I started running uh, this past week and I'm kind of enjoying it a lot. But like I was saying, one of the best features in my opinion is the heart rate monitor within the Apple Watch because it will break up the different zones, the different heart rate zones as you train. So as you're moving through a training session, you can actually see like what you're in in the moment. Is it zone one, zone two, zone three, zone four, zone five? Um, and you can actually set those zones and adjust those zones um, based, on, based on what your heart rate max is. So it, the Apple Watch comes with like preset zones, but you can always go in and adjust those settings as appropriate. So for me, um, I actually did it like a cycling specific uh, max heart rate test and I went back and I switched my zones so that they were more appropriate for me. You don't have to change them. You can go with whatever the stock setting is. There might be a little bit of variance. I think for me it was like maybe 15, 15 or 20 percent, um, which was big enough where I was like, oh, okay, I'm glad that I did this additional test and um, made some of these changes. But seeing that heart rate data, I think is extremely beneficial. You can get that same data with something like a polar strap or any other kind of chest strap monitor. Um, there's a lot of other, other wearable tech that will give you the same information. Um, but having, having some way to track that throughout your training session, I think is extremely beneficial because then you can just get that much more specific in the ways that you train. So I'm going to go back to it again, but um, this is another area of my life where I've started to track a lot more closely. So within, within my training, I've got like a training log where I'll keep track of my mileage. I'll keep track of um, how long I was riding for, so in minutes, and then I'll also keep track of my heart rate within each zone, and then I'll multiply, I'll multiply the zone by the time spent in that zone. And then uh, I'll add up, I'll add up all my intensity across zones. So that's a simple way that you can calculate your intensity week to week. Um, so that once again, that's multiplying the zones. So if it, it's zone one, I was in there for like 20 minutes, then that would give me an intensity score of 20. Whereas if I was in zone five for like six minutes, that would give me an intensity of 30. And then I'd add up the two, and my overall intensity for that session would be 50. So that's a really good way to keep track of your intensity week to week. And you can see, like, am I making progress? Is my intensity going up? How do I feel with these different rides or runs? You can really use this for any kind of aerobic activity. And that's been something that's, like I said, has been very beneficial in the way that I train. So, it, I mean, it doesn't really matter what, what your goals are, whether they're training goals, whether they're personal goals, professional goals. If you just want to feel better about your day-to-day -day and week-to-week, um, using this gamification process, I think, can be extremely beneficial. But, it, I mean, it's not the only way to do things. As long as you're coming up with some way that you're keeping track of how things are going week-to-week, -week, like if you're checking in with yourself, seeing how the previous day went, seeing how... Um, 
just keeping track of things that are going well and things that aren't and coming up with a plan for how you're going to correct things that maybe aren't going as well as you're expecting. Um, but as long as you have that some sort of way that you check in, because if you check in with yourself, you're able to make those changes, you're able to adapt. Uh, I was having a conversation um, with a friend and mentor of mine this past week, and I was explaining that there are a lot of different decisions that I'm struggling with or having a hard time making um, just in the day-to-day, -day, maybe feeling a little bit slumped, like things maybe aren't going quite as well as I'd want in certain areas. And the quote that he said to me really stuck and landed. And the quote was, align yourself with your values and go. Align yourself with your values and go. It's really that simple. So using what we talked about earlier, if you have those 10 things that need to happen, those 10 things align with your values, accomplish those and go. Make decisions based off what you value and things will get a lot simpler. So this podcast was a little bit all over the place, but the main takeaways I want you to have is come up with some sort of system to make sure that you're gamifying or keeping track of your goals. Um, and that can be enhanced a lot with the more technology that you incorporate, especially when we get into training, thinking about using some of those wearable technologies. Um, and then finally, I mean, just spend a little bit of time thinking about what's important to you, thinking about what you value, and then just take action. Because at the end of the day, action kills uncertainty and it's going to lead to a lot of progress in the long run. Hope everyone has an awesome week. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.